What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for June 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Happy first day of summer, even though it's not going to really be too too, too summer-like here in the Philly region. It's supposed to be a little cloudy, chilly, and possibility of some rain today. So, eh, it is what it is, I guess, but the weather is going to start heating up. I know it was hot when we were golfing the other day, so we had a spring which is nice. I feel like it's the first time we've had a spring in years, but we also didn't really have a winter. But oh well. A couple quick updates from yesterday. Um, I mentioned Steve Carlton with the Cy Young. His first Cy Young, in fact, was in 1972, the year uh, after he was traded to the Phillies. But again, imagine Ferguson Jenkins, who won the Cy Young in 71, and Steve Carlton who won the Cy Young in 72 on the same team. And again, those Phillies teams probably would have done much better against the Cincinnati Reds and the LA Dodgers there in the late 70s and maybe would have won more than one championship, which totally would have changed the whole complexion of the the team. But that would be another topic for another Back to the Future. Um, Also, too, the guy involved in that trade, I don't know where I got his last name and I – don't know what I was thinking when I was typing my notes out, but his name was Adolfo Phillips. Adolfo Phillips was the guy that uh, was traded <clears throat> with Ferguson Jenkins to the Cubs. Uh, so there is that. A uh, couple of quick Sixers notes uh, as the draft approaches tomorrow. Uh, it becomes every day as the Harden turns. Uh, It seems more and more likely all the reports are that he will end up ultimately signing with the Sixers. It's just a matter of what that deal is going to look like. Hopefully, I'm hearing more and more rumors that it probably will be more team-friendly, which will give them some flexibility to, again, they don't have a ton of flexibility, but it should give them more flexibility to maybe bring in a shooter or um, a, a defensive perimeter player or something. Uh, obviously, they don't have a pick in the draft as of right now. And then a lot of rumors surrounding Tobias Harris and will he get traded. And I think everything I've been reading is they're definitely going to be smart about it and not just try to get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. And also, I think a lot's going to be determined or be dependent upon whether or not Harden comes back. I mean, if if he doesn't come back, I, I think all of a sudden Toby has more, way more value for the Sixers than than just trading the contract away. So we'll see. It's it it should be interesting. Everything gets started tomorrow with the draft. But as the Harden turns, big Flyers news. It's a new era of orange. They unveiled their new uniforms, which are like their old uniforms. Um, Bear with me here. Uh, if you haven't heard, they're, they're bringing back the burnt orange uh, instead of the bright color from that the was popular in the 80s and 90s. Um, the numbers now are going to be a single color, kind of like their original ones back in the, the late 60s, early 70s. Um, from In honor of the, like, the early 80s, like 82, the black trim is moved down on the jersey, so it's more of a fluid look i guess from the bottom of the the jersey to their their pants um they're keeping the bright bold nameplate that they uh, did a few years ago which i like and it's definitely like a fresh blend i was looking at them and obviously they they're for the un if you didn't if i didn't read what they changed i probably would not have noticed much as i'm not as 
into the Flyers jerseys as maybe if it was like the Eagles jerseys. I would be like, oh, it's this, that, and the other. Uh, but it definitely is a fresh blend. There's the Independence Blue Cross ad on the um, on, on, on the, the chest plate or their shoulder. Um, and from what I've read, a lot of the, the hardcore Flyers guys like that because it's not trying it's it's there like you know it's an ad they're not trying to be like hey let's design this into the jersey which they said they liked but uh it's a new era of orange you got a new new front office in place uh they're they're rebuilding new jerseys i kind of like the whole timing of all of this because now it's like all right let's let's start from the bottom and, and let's see where we can go with that uh but be sure to check them out and see uh what what they look like. I, I personally like them. It's ne- definitely like a, a, a clean kind of sharp look. Um, and definitely a good combination of like the old and the new. Phillies update. Man. I, if they'd have lost the game, it would have been one thing. But th- that game was there to be won. 4-2 to two they lost. Ranger was unbelievable. Uh, made one mistake and left the game. It was tied 1-1. Uh, base running mistakes. Not being able to hit uh, runners in with scoring position. At one point, they should have been up 2 nothing at least early in that game and just uh, couldn't get runners in. I mean, they were hitting even the one where, um forget who hit it now, but when Harper got basically doubled up at third, I mean, it was a hard-hit ball. It just was where it was placed just was not, not good. Um, but it's just it's frustrating, and especially when you, you go th- win 13 out of 15 games and come into it, you didn't gain any ground in the standings, and now you play one game against the division leaders, and now you're down nine games. Um, today's another day, though. Uh, hopefully they get it in. I think it's supposed to be a chance of showers tonight. Uh, they should be able to. Um, now, update. Thanks for all the feedback on the bet. Um, instead of going Eagles, I did. Uh, everybody, the, the overwhelming consensus was to put it on a, a major league game. And I thought, you know what? Why not put it on the Phillies? I was feeling good with Ranger on the mound. It was a plus money uh, bet. I got it at one thirty plus one thirty three. But what I did was, as somebody who gambles every day, and not a lot, like my unit size is four dollars. So a lot of times, my bet are half unit bet, two dollars. And to me, it's more important to build up the bankroll. So I did hedge it uh, with my. In my DraftKings account, and so I had the Phillies money line plus one thirty three at Bet Parks, and then I put fifty dollars on the the Braves money line uh, at minus I think it was one forty um, at DraftKings. So ultimately, I was going to win money one way or the other. I was either going to win thirty five dollars or I was going to win eighty dollars if you count the uh, the money I would have lost in my bet. But because the Phillies lost, I did come out up thirty-five dollars. It was a good boost to my bankroll, um, which ultimately for for me, that's almost a not eight and a half unit um, half eight and a half unit win for me. Um, so it'll keep me going through the dog days of summer. But thank you for the feedback. Hopefully, I get more free bets. But I will continue to do things like that. All right, Philly Goat. I told you I was going to wear the Mister Sandman's gym shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, there it is. I, when I tell you this is a comfortable shirt, it, it really, really is. Um, it's got the, the Philly goat, so you know it's the authentic one. Um, 
Go to Philly Goat. Check it out. I mean, these these shirts that I got for Father's Day are just ridiculously comfortable to go along with the other ones I had, and they're they fit well, comfortable. Um, it's the, the good quality T-shirt, not not like the somebody bought a eight pack of Hanes at Kohl's and and is printing stuff on the shirt. Like these are legit T-shirts. Go to phillygoat.com. Check out their selection of Philly-based apparel. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. All right, today we're going to go back to 1964. And on this day, June 21st, 1964, the Phillies beat the Mets 8 to nothing. Johnny Callison, who was an all-star that year, went 2 for 4 with a home run. But the big story was Jim Bunning pitched a perfect game at Shea Stadium on Father's Day. And this is absolutely the latest day Father's Day could be. So we kind of saved this for last. That's why I didn't want to do it on Sunday. Uh, But 64 was such a magical year for the Phillies, obviously until it wasn't. Uh, But you would think with this perfect game on Father's Day, it was just the the writing was on the wall that this was going to be a team of destiny. And we all know how that happened when Chico Ruiz stole home uh, in that game. And they blew the six and a half game lead with 11 games left or 14 whatever it was um now jim bunning only played six years in philly uh 64 to 67 and then 70 to 71 but those years especially the 64 to 67 were some of his best years as a pro he is in the hall of fame his number 14 is retired out in ashburn alley uh and just one of the greatest memories for a lot of people from a generation I mentioned I was at a graduation party last weekend. Uh, I was talking to one of the older guys there who's uh, roughly who was my dad's age, uh, and he was just talking about just how he that team was just so special. He loved watching them. He he was raving about the the Jim Bunning perfect game and just how everybody just kind of had a buzz in the area. Uh, only to be disappointed with Chico Ruiz. Uh, Jim Bunny also became a senator later in his life in Kentucky. All right, it's rivalry month. Doesn't get much bigger than today's rival, the Boston Celtics. And what can I say about the Celtics that hasn't already been said on this podcast, hasn't already been said in general, uh, but all-time, Boston leads 333 to 246, and that is including the playoffs. But this dates back to when the Sixers were in Syracuse. There was the, the Syracuse-Boston rivalry. Um, and it goes back even further than that between Philly and Boston. I mean, obviously, Philly and Boston has a rivalry going back to the Revolutionary War days. Um, they The two cities thought they were both more important than the other one. Uh, but when the Philadelphia or the Warriors played in Philadelphia and the Celtics, they had a rivalry. Um, so it, it, it just as Philly Boston is one of those, and I, we see it somewhat in hockey. But again, like I would love, like if the Red Sox were in like the NL East, like I know that we have the Mets, and like it's it's a mess. But it just would have been that would be a good rivalry if, and, and it is one of the the interleague rivalries the Phillies do have. Um, but I won't go into all of the playoff appearances by the Sixers and Celtics because there's just so many. Um, no team has played. No two teams have played more um, playoff series against each other than what the the Sixers and Celtics have. Obviously, we know what happened last year. For the most part, they've all been 
epic series like that. Um, obviously, you have a few here or there. Uh, Celtics have the edge in championships. There were a lot of times where, in the, especially in the 80s, um, actually even going back into the 60s with the Warriors and, and everything, it was those were the two teams. It was the Syracuse, Boston, uh, Warriors, uh, Boston, or Sixers, Celtics. And it was just that. And then they represented the East and most of the time ended up playing the Lakers. Um, so many great like matchups and things with this rivalry. You have Wilt versus Russell, where Wilt has the stats. Russell has the rings. Dr. J versus Bird. Uh, they actually got into a fist fight. Uh, Andrew Tony, the Boston Strangler, uh, had his best games in the playoffs against the Celtics. Uh, the year that uh, the Celtics or the Sixers beat the Celtics to go to the finals in Boston, and the crowd chanted "Beat LA." Uh, Al Horford, enough said. Uh, I still think he was a, a spy. Uh, drafting Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum, Doc Rivers. Um, <laughs> the whole Larry Hughes and Paul Pierce fiasco where the Sixers should have t- drafted Paul Pierce, but because Larry Brown promised Larry Hughes he would draft him, that's who we ended up with. Um, and Bede basically saying, until we beat them, it's not a rivalry. Like, it's just, there's so much, so many layers to unpack. The teams hate each other. The cities hate each other. That's what you want in a rivalry. I would hope you would like more uh fight sometimes out of the Sixers side where they're they're winning some of those bigger games but I will have to give this one a five out of five obvious for obvious reasons um this is the Sixers biggest rival um and and I think it it stings a little bit because the Celtics or the Sixers are not the Celtics biggest rival and for years it was like that with the Eagles and the Cowboys now I think it's starting to to even out, I think you could ask most Dallas fans that the Eagles are their biggest rival now because of the way the Giants and uh, Washington have been playing. But Celtics, when you see the Celtics as a Sixers fan, you know that you see hate. Now, don't get me wrong. they Celtics fans don't like the Sixers, but their, their biggest rival is the Lakers because they're playing for championships. And that's where we want this Sixers team to go. Hopefully, Daryl Morey and Elton Brand can figure it out this offseason and, and bring us back to glory. And maybe we're playing the, the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals next year. But on this day, back in 1964, Phillies beat the Mets 8-0. Jim Bunning pitched a perfect game on Father's Day. Be sure to go to phillygoat.com and use that promo code. You can get your own Mr. Sandman jersey in any color, I might add. That's the key, I, I think, I always forget to mention. You can get these shirts in any color you want. Uh, there's like 10 to 15 different colors you can get the, the shirts in. So be sure to check them out. Phil's back in action. Let's hope that they can, they can get it together. Uh, this has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. Go have yourselves a Wednesday. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.